This is Janet Gallon welcoming you to Love Letters Live. And today's guest is, you know, of course, a wonderful person, Sherry Franklin, who is the founder of Muttville. And Sherry, before I go another minute further, can I just introduce Dr. This is Dr. Feldman. Oh, I love him. And I have you to thank, as it turns out, for Dr. Feldman in my life, because Dr. Feldman's a Muttville dog. And I just want to say, I'm going to give it to you in a minute, but everywhere I go, when I see another dog, it comes up in conversation that somebody will say, oh, you know, is yours a ra-? Yes, Muttville. Are you Muttville? And it's, yes, we're Muttville too. It's like a secret handshake. Oh my gosh. I love yeah. hearing that. Yes. And so this is Greta in your lap, right? Yeah, this is Greta. She is um, a hospice dog of, of ours, of Muttville. And um, as you can hear her cough, she has a collapsing trachea, oh. uh, which right now, because I just picked her up, she's coughing a little more, but um, she doesn't cough like this all the time. So um, she's having a really good life. Actually, she runs my household. Okay, let's talk about that really good life, if we may. I'm sure. Gonna, I'm going to just put you down, little guy. Okay. Um, so tell us about you and and how you came to... Oh, have the compassionate genius streak that led you to develop Muttville. Well, and, I'll and tell you, us what Muttville is first. I'm yeah, sorry. Okay. Oh yeah. Well, some people don't know. That's uh, right. Muttville is a senior dog rescue and animal shelter. And um, we are 15, we're going on 16 years old this month, actually. Um, <clears throat> which I started out of my house and I started because I was volunteering at a couple different animal shelters locally. And um, a lot of the old dogs in the beginning, um, I didn't realize, you know, the, the plight of what I was seeing were these old dogs coming into the shelter. A lot of them come from loving homes, you know, and somebody passed away and then watching the hope and oh. the happiness leave them, even though I, I started volunteering and I, I would come every day. Like I was worried I wasn't going to make my three hours a week. And pretty soon I was so obsessed. I was walking before and after work every day to coming in to walk some of these older dogs. And um, the first time it happened when I went to go visit one of them, and they were gone. I was so ecstatic because I figured that she had gotten adopted and actually she had been euthanized. Oh, just, just due to the space um, and that she'd been there a while, you know, and hadn't been adopted. So um, I started taking them home one at a time and there was just so much to do. And I, I kept talking about starting a senior dog rescue. I kept saying it. And then finally, one day I just said, I got to do it. I'm how, how did you go about it? Do it? How did you, how do you go about it? I mean, you had to get a space first, right? Well, actually I ran it out of my house for the first five years. So oh, wow. um, <clears throat> while I was continuing to um, do hair and I owned a salon uh, for part of that time, um, I started bringing in dogs and I had volunteers coming into my house every day while I was at work to, to, take care of the dogs while I wasn't there. You were a hairdresser. I'm... Yeah. Okay. Go yeah. Ahead. Yeah. So um, it, as it, as it happened, um, 
you know, we slowly grew. I wasn't sure if we were going to be able, you know, I started the 501c3, but I wasn't sure if we could really adopt out all these dogs. And, you know, slowly, like the first year we rescued 27 dogs and that was a big deal. And, you know, now we're rescuing and finding homes for over a thousand dogs, 1100 in 2022 wow. um, dogs a year. So we've now saved over 10,000 dogs. Um, <laughs> And uh, we're growing every year and, and um, spreading the gospel that senior dogs deserve a wonderful last chapter. Yes. Well, let me ask you something. Um, you said you had a lot of happy stories, but my perception is that you have turned horribly sad stories into happy stories. And yeah. I'm wondering what you think in your experience. I know with Dr. Feldman, the first couple of days he was just and then he, he got a little sad he got a little sad and I'm I was wondering if he was missing his former people do you think it's, he knew I I do think that it, there it's all over the map because um some of our dogs do come from great loving homes and the person's gone uh into a, a memory center or you know senior yes. living can't take their dog um, and those seem to me to be the ones that really go through that sadness, um, okay. or a family that gives up their dog cause they're moving. Um, so they've come from a home, um, and 21% of the dogs we took in last year came from directly from guardians. Oh, um, okay. You know, That's a sad business, isn't it? To be Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, we have to, we have to, we turn around, we make it a happy story, but you know, yeah. Um, some dogs, and then we have others that literally have never had love in their life and have come from a puppy mill situation or worse in a backyard somewhere. And uh, the first thing we have to teach them is that they can lay on a dog bed. Oh. And, you know, so we get to watch them actually find their first bit of joy and and imagine so, so you know with with this one i was guessing that he came from a very loving home because he is afraid of nothing if there were a, come from a homeless family. person though too you know i mean Pardon me? i say you know sometimes we're guessing but you know he could have come from somebody that was homeless that loved him a lot but you know he experienced everything so he's scared of nothing right uh, yeah, something like that. Something like that. I mean, now when when a dog is picked up as a stray, mm -hmm. what I mean, he was. And how did they survive as a stray on the street? Do you think it's it's one of many stories that you know totally dumbfound me? Um, finding a blind dog on the side of the freeway, like how is that dog surviving on you know on the road or? You know, in a field. Better water and garbage. And um, we, we've seen that time and time again. Um, you know, I can only vouch for the, the, the new beginning and the happy life. Um, and, and a lot of times um, we have a lot of mysteries, you know, going around. Yes. And, you know, sometimes we can, we can glean a little bit of the background by their behavior. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes we can't. And um, I like to just say that we are here to 
make those happy endings or, or you, give a you, great last chapter. You will know? you tell us some of your happiest stories? Well, you know, there's so many. Oh my okay, God. Pick a couple. Um, well, one that I really love so much is um, we had a family um, come to get pick out a dog. It was a grandfather. It was a, a mother and a the granddaughter uh, and the 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 mother. Um, anyway, the elderly gentleman um, was had to move out of his his group, his, where he'd lived his whole life, you know, in, in a neighborhood and they had moved to a new place and he had really decided to die pretty much. You know, oh. he didn't want to walk. He didn't like his neighbors. He didn't like his neighbors because he didn't know his neighbors. And, um, he, um, <clears throat> they brought him to my house and, uh, I had maybe six I probably had closer to 12 dogs at my house at the time. Um, I, I always had a lot of dogs. So um, he met this dog that had also become very depressed because he had come from a, a family a senior who had passed away. Oh, see, that and is... It was a, yeah, it was a, a darling black and white we, named Rocky Raccoon, a Pomeranian who was about 10 years old and was really depressed. You know, the dog was depressed and this man was depressed and they took him home and about a week, like uh, 10 days later, this dog was um, being walked everywhere. The <laughs> man had a smile on his face and the his daughter said to me, he knows his neighbors now. He goes out for walks now. He's talking to us like he had kind of quit talking and really this dog had turned around his life. And also the dog who had also, like you said, you know, some of these dogs get depressed yes. uh, when they when they lose their their person. And this dog had found his person. Do you think they feel abandonment? I think that they feel confusion. Uh-huh. Yeah, I feel, think that they are confused and lonely and scared, all those things. You know, you, you make such a good point about he knows his neighbors now. And where I live, there is a wonderful canine community. I become friends with people I never knew. I mean, right. I, people I couldn't pick out of a lineup now are my good friends. Right. And and so one of, I want to ask you about this. One of my friends, neighbors, good friends now really and by the way his two dogs when they come in the house this they go nuts over each other oh i love that yes yeah, so a canine a canine community and he had said that he had a friend who had a very very big property and the d two dogs and they always just ran around their own property they they never went anywhere else mm -hmm. and my friend said they have to go elsewhere to see other dogs to know that they've got a real community how well, I think, is this? I'm not a, I, I'm not a good judge of that. I think time and there was just so much to do. And I, I kept talking about starting a senior dog rescue. I kept saying it. And then finally, one day I just said, I got to do it. I'm how, how did you go about it? Do it? How did you how do you go about it? I mean, you had to get a space first, right? Well, actually, I ran it out of my house for the first five years. So, oh, wow. um, <clears throat> 
while I was continuing to um, do hair and I owned a salon uh, for part of that time, um, I started bringing in dogs and I had volunteers coming into my house every day while I was at work to to take care of the dogs while I wasn't there. You were a hairdresser. I'm... Yeah. Okay, go yeah. ahead. So um, it, as it as it happened, um, you know, we slowly grew. I wasn't sure if we were going to be able, you know, I started the 501c3, but I wasn't sure if we could really adopt out all these dogs. And, you know, slowly, like the first year we rescued 27 dogs and that was a big deal. And, you know, now we're rescuing and finding homes for over a thousand dogs, 1100 in 2022 wow. um, dogs a year. So we've now saved over 10,000 dogs um, <laughs> and uh, we're growing every year and, and um, spreading the gospel that senior dogs deserve a wonderful last chapter. Yes. Well, let me ask you something. Um, you said you had a lot of happy stories, but my perception is that you have turned horribly sad stories into happy stories. And yeah. I'm wondering what you think in your experience. I know with Dr. Feldman, the first couple of days he was just, and then he, he got a little sad. He got a little sad. And I'm, I was wondering if he was missing his former people. Do you think he do? I, I do think that it, there are, it's all over the map because um, some of our dogs do come from great loving homes and the person's gone uh, into a, a memory center or, you know, senior yes. living can't take their dog. Um, and those seem to me to be the ones that really go through that sadness um, okay. or a family that gives up their dog because they're moving. Um, so they've come from a home. Um, and 21% of the dogs we took in last year came from directly from guardians. Oh, okay. That's a sad business, isn't it? To be yeah, turned. yeah. It's you know we have to we have to, we turn around we make it a happy story, but you know yeah, um, some dogs and then we have others that literally have never had love in their life and have come from a puppy mill situation or worse in a backyard somewhere, and uh, the first thing we have to teach them is that they can lay on a dog bed. Oh. And, you know, so we get to watch them actually find their first bit of joy. And, and Imagine. So, so, you know, with, with this one, I was guessing that he came from a very loving home because he is afraid of nothing. If there were a come from a homeless guess. person, though, too, you know, I mean, me? I say, you know, sometimes we're guessing, but, you know, he could have come from somebody that was homeless that loved him a lot, but. You know, he experienced everything, so he's scared of nothing, right? Uh, yeah, something like that. Something like that. I mean, now, when, when a dog is picked up as a stray, mm -hmm. what I mean, he was. And how did they survive as a stray on the street, do you think? It's, it's one of many stories that, you know, totally dumbfound me. Um, finding a blind dog on the side of the freeway, like how is that dog surviving on, you know, on the road or, you know, in a field? Better water and garbage. And um, we, we've seen that time and time again. Um, you know, I can only vouch for the, 
the the new beginning and the happy life. Um, and and a lot of times um, we have a lot of mysteries, you know, going around. Yes. And, you know, sometimes we can we can glean a little bit of the background by their behavior, mm-hmm. um, and sometimes we can't. And um, I like to just say that we are here to make those happy endings or, or you, give a la- you, great last chapter. You know? Will you tell us some of your happiest stories? Well, you know, there's so many. Oh, my okay, God. Pick a couple. Just, um, well, one that I really love so much is um, we had a family um, come to get pick out a dog. It was a grandfather. It was a, a mother and a the granddaughter uh, and the 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 mother. Um, anyway, the elderly gentleman um, was had to move out of his his group, his where he'd lived his whole life, you know, in in a neighborhood, and they had moved to a new place, and he had really decided to die pretty much you know he didn't want to walk he didn't like his neighbors he didn't like his neighbors because he didn't know his neighbors and um he um they brought him to my house and uh I had maybe six I probably had closer to 12 dogs at my house at the time um I, I always had a lot of dogs so um he met this dog that had also become very depressed because he had come from a, a family a senior who had passed away oh see that and is- it was a yeah it was a, a darling black and white we named rocky raccoon a pomeranian who was about 10 years old and was really depressed you know the dog was depressed and this man was depressed and they took him home and about a week like uh, 10 days later this dog was um, being walked everywhere. The <laughs> man had a smile on his face and the his daughter said to me, he knows his neighbors now. He goes out for walks now. He's talking to us like he had kind of quit talking and really this dog had turned around his life. And also the dog who had also, like you said, you know, some of these dogs get depressed. Yes. Uh, when they when they lose their their person and this dog had found his person do you think they feel abandonment i think that they feel confusion uh-huh yeah i feel, think that they are confused and lonely and scared all those things you know you you make such a good point about he knows his neighbors now and where i live there is a wonderful canine community i become friends with people i never knew I mean, right. I, people I couldn't pick out of a lineup now are my good friends. Right. And and so one of, I want to ask you about this. One of my friends, neighbors, good friends now, really. And by the way, his two dogs, when they come in the house, this they go nuts over each other. Oh, I love that. And, yeah. So a canine, a canine community. And he had said that he had a friend who had a very, very big property and the two dogs and they always just ran around their own property. They, they never went anywhere else. And my friend said they have to go elsewhere to see other dogs, to know that they've got a real community. How well, is this? I'm not, a, I, I'm not a good judge of that. I think 
every dog that has a family and has, uh, you know, somebody to take care of them. Some dogs are ranch dogs. Some dogs like a big mm -hmm. backyard. Some dogs hate dog parks. And my dogs are are like that. I don't really take them to a dog park for a dog family or a dog uh -huh. community. Um, so I think, you know, there's every dog has different needs and every person, you know, Sure. I, I, I'm not going to say somebody that lives in a small apartment shouldn't have a nice big dog. Big dogs can be lazy too and, <laughs> yes. and want to sleep most of the day and uh -huh. you know, like they're, they're three walks during the day, you know, so I'm not a judge of that. I think there's a lot of great homes out there. Okay. So it's really, you, you don't have to worry about a general. Uh, so tell, tell us another story. I understand. I understand from, you know, actually I from, think, from, you know, what, I, I like to say as um, one of our dogs that came in that, you know, we, we didn't, couldn't really even tell if she could see because the, the mats over her eyes and the goo that was all over her body and there was um, oil, you know, like um, uh, motor oil, like she'd been laying under a car and uh -huh. had grown into the mats. And um, at the time, <clears throat> we didn't really have a facility to do a really great grooming. So we set up, we had one room where we would do everything. And we set up that room as a little grooming area. And we called a in friend. Your, in your house. Yeah, we called a friend who was a groom, who was a groomer who could come to the house because she was also super afraid. And it took about two and a half hours uh, to groom this little dog. Um, we didn't even know how the hair would grow back. And we didn't know what kind of dog she even was. Um, and a, a different dog came out of that. A dog that was wagging her tail. Like her legs were so matted together, she couldn't walk. Oh and, my goodness. And I love those um, sort of stories where you get to see a dog completely blossom mm -hmm. in 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 when they arrive at Muttville because it, it's it's a place I don't know if the dogs tell the other dogs in their own body language hey this is a good place uh -huh. you're going to be taken care of but I feel like that's what happens at Muttville it's like a little bit magical and um then we found her a, a great home with a family with a you know she it turned out she wasn't as old as we thought because we couldn't really tell um, she was younger than we thought. She loved being held by children. And she ended up in a family that had children as well. So um, it was great. And I love when we can find a great dog for a family because I think um, it teaches children so, so much to, sure. to have um, a, a, an animal uh, to to feel responsible for because you know how children are they're me 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 and it's really uh -huh. nice for them to start yes. thinking about something else so I, I do have a question on that line about finding the right family I yeah. spent I spent a lot of time I mean I, okay I will confess I spent a lot of time on your website and look at the dogs that are up for either foster or adoption mm -hmm. and first of all it's it's a day I, I want them all yes <laughs> I, just, I know. I wish I could. I do too. I oh, want them all. <laughs> oh, and you do. You have so many of them. But, you know, and then I've noticed 
that for each dog, you list specifics, you know, like child-friendly, dog-friendly, potty-trained, a whole bunch of things, right? which is so helpful. So how long do you keep a dog in general before finding either a foster or an adopter? Yeah. That you know um, these things. I, um, what we do is we really, we're, even though we have an animal shelter, we are, we consider ourselves foster based, which means we try and get all of our dogs into a home, a foster home um, quickly so that the dogs can, so we can assess the dogs and the foster family actually helps us in place. Oh, sure. Okay. Our, our dog. So not only when you come to Muttville, do you fill out the form and, you know, the questionnaire, um, we then set you up to talk to the foster family. So I yeah, see. this dog loves to go hiking and really is active and, <laughs> yes. um, you know, uh, the, or this dog is a couch potato. And <laughs> this dog can't do stairs or this dog right. can do stairs right. and Right. This dog is fearful of children or this dog loves children. Uh, and, and whatever you, we can find out, you know. And then you get the dog home that you, I mean, I took for foster. Yeah. I just couldn't let yeah. him go. But, and then <laughs> you, you get the dog home and their their personalities develop. Of course, things change. The dog you have six months later is not necessarily the dog you brought in right away. Absolutely. This one was, enjoys short walks. Well, yeah. I don't know what you consider five miles, but he just... Uh. He, he just wants to be out there running up and down the street forever. Well, you yes. know, dogs do. I like to say that a lot of our dogs age backwards as well. Oh, um, yes. We we go, oh, this dog is so sedentary um, or, you know, whatever. And then the dog gets in the home and once he's comfortable and he loves and he's lost a little weight or he's gotten healthier because he's now getting regular great food. Uh -huh. um, yeah, all of a sudden they're they're more active and more yes. vibrant, and um, right. it's like it's like the anti aging drug that I wish we could all take. Well, and um, you made that point about people too. That man who yeah. had just decided to you know kind of curl right. up and die. Yeah. And, I, and for me personally, I'm not a walker. I'm a Los Angeles girl. We didn't walk. Yeah, we did so not. You go walk. to you go to a park. No, I take him for like four walks a day, a mile and a half. Oh. Suddenly I'm a walker. Oh, isn't that great? Well, yes. And for the you. truth of the matter is, he's probably keeping me healthy in that way. Absolutely. Forcing Absolutely. me to go on walks. Well, there there have been many studies that have shown how how your health changes when you have a dog in your life. Is that right? Tell us about from that. Your, everything from your uh, blood pressure. They have found people... Oh, yeah um that it lowers your blood pressure to have um a dog or a cat in your lap and petting them huh? but with dogs um now they just recently did a study they said dog people that have dogs live 10 years longer than wow. without dogs and that i don't know what kind of study it was i can't sure. quote it but i read it um <clears throat> in one of those you know there's so many studies now that really do show that you know, having a sense of community helps you live longer and saves sure. up uh, dementia. And by the uh, way, during you know this pandemic and isolation, isolation, right? Uh, having, having a dog, dog uh huh, 
you're being you're outside you can actually see other people walking their dogs i remember right. Uh, you know, we wore our masks out on dog walks because we'd actually stop and talk to people right. with dogs. And it was our one opportunity to be outside and be part of a community and get exercise. I mean, yes. Everything. So I noticed that you have, because I'm on your website so often, like I have other things. To <laughs> do. But anyway, um, so, by the way, why don't you say your website in case other people would like. Oh, them. yeah, sure. It's muttville.org. Okay. It, um, my, I, we, I named it Muttville because I didn't, I wanted to know, I wanted people to realize that we have all breeds, all sizes, um, and dogs over seven, dogs over seven. Oh, that's the, oh, I see. Okay. Cause that's our, that's our cutoff. Now I cannot tell you that the, the truth is, is that if we get a great Dane that's five or a mouse that's five, they're seen, we consider them seniors. Oh, because well. their lifespan is shorter anyway. Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. But basically it's seven and older. And, you know, we're finding dogs. I mean, we have dogs that are 16. We've had dogs that have been adopted that are now 20 years old. So wow, amazing. Some people adopted 10 years ago and their dog is still alive. And we're finding out, you know, we, I, we adopted our dog 10 years ago from Muttville, you know, so um, I like to say that it's really, really middle age for a lot of dogs. Yeah. So. I mean, it's it, because this one's 14 now. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, he's like a six year old. Anyway. Okay. Enough about him. I want to ask you something because yeah. um, I know this is going to be a really odd question, but I, I am primarily about love letters and the power of love letters. Do you ever write them? We, <laughs> Uh, I've been known to write beautiful love letters to dogs. Me too. <laughs> you do. Um, yes. And and one thing that we do, uh, I have volunteers that still come to my house because my house is called the Manor, and I bring home hospice, and I do a lot of hospice dogs. Uh -huh. And um, we have to say goodbye to a lot of our oh. the hospice dogs at my house, and. And and I look at it as a gift that we get to give our senior dogs that we can't do for a lot of our human friends that that start to really suffer and and, and go downhill and there's there's not a good day coming you know it's not getting better um, and we we are able to end suffering in a beautiful peaceful way oh, um, and we write a lot of love letters um, our team here at the house that works within our hospice area. We write a lot, a lot of love letters to our dogs when they when they move on to. Oh, I'd, I'd love to see some of those if I could someday. Sure, sure, oh, I I can share those with you, and okay. um, I'll share you one that we had to say goodbye to a dog. You know what? Week. Maybe time is limited for us here. Maybe you yeah. come back and read us some of those. Yeah, you know, Absolutely. I wrote I wrote a letter, a welcome letter to a little dog when my um my daughter. And her family got their first Muttville dog and they do, they volunteer for Muttville. And, uh -huh, and I wrote, uh -huh. I wrote a welcome letter to this little dog and my granddaughter, I have a picture of it. It's kind of surprising. Well, not surprising. She's got the dog in her lap and she's reading the dog, the letter. Oh, I love that so she's much. Like seven or something. But you know, these, they know when they're being spoken to lovingly. It's. Don't they? Yes. And that's why people go, you know, what's the dog's name? I said, well, it's not really the name. It's it's how you say the name. Oh, sure. That makes a big difference. And um, 
um, it's the tone of your voice. It's yes. it, it's their, your body language and dogs pick up on all of that. They, they just actually, I saw an article, I think to, to yesterday or today, the dogs actually pick up uh, um, their guardian's stress, their stress level. So oh, if you're sure. really stressed, the dog gets really stressed. Yes. Um, if you are not feeling well, the dog knows that and will pick up on that. And we'll, I don't know if you've ever noticed, like if you're sick, your dog comes and lays on your bed close to you. You know, dogs are, we, we domesticated them and now they look for our cues. And some of those cues you don't even know you might be giving. Oh, and some, yes. And you can tell when their behavior suddenly changes and you're not really doing anything except I think your own tension, maybe you emit a different scent or something. Scent or you're breathing. Uh, oh, yes. Faster, yes. Or you're holding your breath uh-huh. or things like that, that dogs pick up on that uh, yes. humans. I mean, they're, they're much more observant than a human. Oh, well, then there's that whole, there's, and I know we don't really have time for this, but there is that whole new field of dogs diagnosing diseases. Yes, yes. So that's something. It's, All you right. know, it's, it's, uh, yeah, there's, there, I, I'm glad that I can't smell as well as they do. I don't know that I'd want to, but, but right. they pick up on sense that we are right. totally right. unaware. Yes. Oh, I want to thank you for doing this with me. And I want to encourage people to write those love letters to dogs in your life. Or if somebody, and you know, a get well letter for a dog who's not doing well. I mean, but one of the ben- benefits of that is you'll find that, and you say, if this is true for you, you find that as you're writing this letter, even to a hospice dog who, as you say, does not have a good day coming, your breathing gets better. And there's a smile that takes over your face because you're bathing in the positive. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and I encourage people to go through hospice with their dogs, um, uh, because it, it, it's a very rewarding experience. It's not like every day is bad, but you have right. to help make that decision. I mean, some of our hospice dogs, like this little lady that you met earlier, her tail never stops wagging. Oh, look at her. Look at her. I mean, seriously, this is so rewarding. And I love sharing with you, Janet. It's really lovely to be on this call with you. Thank you so much. And I invite you to come back anytime you have anything else you'd like to share, like the letters or great. Uh, the, the world of dogs and people is pretty much endless. So I'm just yeah, going to say exactly. thank you, dear. And we'll we'll talk again later. And goodbye, Greta. And can we just say, okay. Tell goodbye, Greta. Dr. Feldman. <laughs> Goodbye, Greta. <laughs> so much fun. <laughs> really life changing. Okay. Thank Take you. Care.